0: CHAPTER Eleven OF IN NEW ENGLAND FIELDS AND WOODS BY ROLAND D. ROBINSON THE SLEEPERVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY EVA DAVIS THE TOAD During our summer acquaintance with her, when we see her oftenest, a valued inhabitant of our garden and a welcome twilight visitor at our threshold, we associate silence with the toad almost as intimately as with the proverbially silent clam. In the droughty or too moist summer days and evenings, she never awakens our hopes or fears with shrill prophecies of rain, as does her nimbler and more aspiring cousin, the Tree Toad. A rustle of the cucumber leaves that embower her cool retreat, the spat and shuffle of her short, awkward leaps, are the only sounds that then betoken her presence and we listen in vain for even a smack of pleasure or audible expression of self-approval, when, after a nervous, gratulatory wriggle of her hinder toes, she dips forward, and, with a lightning-like outflashing of her unerring tongue, she flicks into her jaws a fly or bug. She only winks contentedly to express complete satisfaction in her performance and its result. Though summer's torrid heat cannot warm her to any voice, Springtime and love make her tuneful, And everyone hears the softly trilled, monotonous song Jarring the mild air, but few know who is the singer. The drumming grouse is not shyer of exhibiting his performance. From a sun-warmed pool not fifty yards away, a full chorus of the rapidly vibrant voices arises, and you imagine that the performers are so absorbed with their music that you may easily draw near and observe them. But when you come to the edge of the pool, you see only a half-dozen concentric circles of wavelets widening from central points, whereas many musicians have modestly withdrawn beneath the transparent curtain. Wait, silent and motionless, And they will reappear a brown head is thrust above the surface and presently your last summer's familiar of the garden and doorstep crawls slowly out upon a barren islet of cobblestone and assured that no intruder is within the precinct sacred to the wooing of the toads she inflates her throat and tunes up her long monotonous chant ere it ceases Another and another take it up, And from distant pools you hear it answered, Till all the air is softly shaken, As if with the clear chiming Of a hundred swift-struck, tiny bells. They ring in the returning birds, Robin, sparrow, finch, and meadowlark, And the first flowers, squirrelcup, Arbutus, bloodroot, tongue, and mooseflower. When the bobolink has come to his northern domain again, and the oriole flashes through the budding elms, and the first columbine droops over the gray ledges. You may still hear an occasional ringing of the toads, but a little later the dignified and matronly female, having lost her voice altogether, has returned to her summer home, while her little mate has exchanged his trill for a disagreeable and uncanny squawk, perhaps a challenge to his rivals, who linger about the scenes of their courtship and make night hideous until midsummer. Then a long silence falls on the race of toads, a silence which even hibernation scarcely deepens. End of chapter 11